Welcome back everybody. This is Eric and Chad here with IRET Veteran 8888. Uh, today we got another gun gripe episode for you. And uh, in this video we're going to hit on a couple of different things. Uh, the, the focus of this gripe is primarily about people that are kind of sitting on their hands when mm -hmm. it comes to HPA and uh, waiting on the whole HPA, the Hearing Protection Act, uh, to go through. But there's also some other leg legislative deals that uh, we want to discuss. Uh, like one thing that's primarily on the NRA, uh, ILA's website. Uh, that's a pretty important uh, consideration that we're going to touch on. But um, it, it is an issue when people want to kind of sit on the sidelines and just wait for the plays to happen. Uh, HPA is still on the committee uh, floor, so we don't really... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of sitting there in purgatory because they just don't really, I guess, see a lot of support for it like they should. And I guess the overall gripe would be that people are kind of just waiting for it to happen instead of proactively pushing it to happen uh, through things like suppressor sales, you know, continuing to support uh, suppressor sales, buying suppressors, and basically letting their actions speak for what their needs really are, you know. Pretty and much. I mean, we've that, seen a, a, a decrease in that. There's a, uh, there's a lot of other, you know, legislative things that are going on right now that are maybe a little bit more important than HPA in the big scheme of things. And like Eric said, that's the Hearing Protection Act. Uh, if you guys have been living under a rock and you don't know about it, it's basically a bill that was introduced back in 2015 um, that would eliminate the uh, basically the long wait times one off for suppressors and eliminate the $200 tax associated with that uh, through the NFA. So that's you right. would basically be able to buy a suppressor right over the counter on a 4473 just like you do a regular firearm, but there's a lot of things that have come up about the bill that the wording is pretty poor, and there's a few things that really need to be revised and clarified, and uh, how it how it pertains to like the NFA and the Gun Control Act of 1968 and a few other odds and ends. So it's still got a lot of work, you know, to be done to get it to the point where it can actually be put through to the House for a vote, and then to the Senate, and hopefully to the President's desk at some point. But yep, the thing is, people. When it was introduced, people said, oh, well, I'm not going to buy a suppressor right now. I'm just going to wait on the HPA. And that's what everybody's been talking about. Oh, I'm just going to wait on the HPA. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that out and about in gun shops and stuff. Oh, I'm not getting a suppressor right now. I'm just going to wait on the HPA. Well, you do realize that in the time that you are waiting on the HPA, you probably could have had an approved tax stamp come back on the suppressor that you wanted to buy in the first place. So now you're just going to be waiting longer. Correct. And people don't realize, too, if HPA goes into play... Uh, and it, get, it gets passed and everything, and it goes into law, you will not be able to buy a suppressor anywhere for probably a year for or more. For any price, really. Because the demand yeah. is going to far outweigh the supply because there's a finite amount of suppressor manufacturers right. out there. So here's so anyways, what I, this is what I propose, okay? Um, today, the day that we're actually making this video is obviously not going to be the day we post it because we record these kind of, you know, prior to when we post them, obviously. Um, but today is June 6th. It's the anniversary of D-Day. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, the, the, yeah, and, the, and those men, you know, made some great sacrifices and everything. So, um, you know, we owe a lot to them. We owe our lives and we owe everything we stand for to the, the sacrifices. World we, the world that we know today, I mean, yeah. pretty much. And in, in lieu of that, I'll tell you what. So if today's the 6th, then let's just say, all right, July 6th, let's give it a month. A month? You sure? Not two months? One month. One month? Scrap, uh, scrap together some money, guys. And let's just do this. this. This is what I want to proclaim. This is not official or anything like that, but let's do this. On July 6th, or let's just say maybe the 7th, since that's a Friday. Everybody gets paid on that, maybe that Friday of the 7th. On July 7th, everybody buy a suppressor. Even if it's just a 22 can, 
If you've never bought a can before and you're apprehensive about it, just pick that day. Just say July 7th, I'm going to buy a suppressor today. Even, even if all you do is get a little 22 can, something inexpensive, an entry-level can, or maybe you're somebody like Chad or I that have, you know, a few suppressors already, um, and maybe you just want to get something to supplement or round out, you know, let's show our support uh, for the HPA and let's show our support for uh, the gun industry, the suppressor industry, who, let's face it, they're hurting a little bit right now because a lot of folks are kind of sitting on the sidelines when it comes to HPA. So mm -hmm. on the 7th of July, I want everyone to go and buy a suppressor. Even if it's an entry level one, you know, whatever, just get it over with, do it, you get your form in, and just sit and forget, yep. hurry up and wait, <clears throat> but let's pick a day so that maybe, maybe it will make a difference where somebody sees, holy crap on this day, I don't know what happened, well, we they do. see a spike in sales. You know? But that maybe they'll see that spike in sales and go, wow, something happened. So that would be my, my challenge to everybody. You know, scrape together a little bit of money. I mean, you can buy a 22 can for a few hundred bucks for a decent one. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to have a $200 tax stamp. Yeah, it's 400 bucks. But let's all try to make an effort. Everybody go buy a can on July 7th. Mm -hmm. there's, a, okay. there's a few myths about, like, suppressors and stuff in general that okay well that two hundred dollars goes right into the uh, ATF's pocketbook no actually it doesn't it goes right into the general treasury the ATF never sees any of that money it just gets processed through so you, you know people think oh the ATF's against HPA because they don't want to lose that money no it's not really the ATF at all and they are underfunded they are underfunded and they they have a ton of people now working for them. They pay overtime. They have people working seven days a week to process these 41 How many F extra forms. viewers did they get? Like 12 or 14? Uh, well, at, at one point they had like 12 or 13 people. Then it yeah. got up to like 24, 25. Now they have over 30 people working for them. Plus they have some subcontractors as and well. And that's just trying to like get them to catch up on all of this yeah, documentation. Like right now at the time of this video, they're still processing 41 F forms. And that was forms that were put in on or prior to, uh, I believe it was July 13th of last year, 2016, and 41F was a thing. If you don't know about it, we've got a video on it, but basically it changed the way that forms are processed for trusts, like what myself and Eric have, Correct. and then also the way that individuals process forms as well and Clio sign-offs and stuff. It made it a little bit more difficult for trusts and a lot more paperwork involved, but it made it easier for individuals, so it was kind of a double-edged sword. But, it is. Um, the, the way that pr forms are processed now is really easy, especially through places that have like a silencer shop kiosk. Like we deal with Quiet Riot Firearms a lot in McDonough, and they have a, a, a silencer shop kiosk where you go and you put your fingerprints in digitally, you send them a digital photo where they can take it right there on the spot, and everything is processed for you. Guys, it's real you, easy. You get okay. an email and you sign it on your phone and you're done. You know, Believe it's real me. simple. I'm one of those people that I hate paperwork, <laughs> and I am not good at paperwork. I'm not good at that kind of stuff, and it is a little bit... Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, easy, daunting. it's easy to get apprehensive about it because it is it's kind of a daunting thing if you're not familiar with it. But I can tell <laughs> you guys, if I can do it and if I can figure it out, I'm pretty sure any place that deals in suppressors is going to be more than happy to help you out yep. and, and make sure that your paperwork's filled out and right so you have a nice stress-free and trouble-free, uh, you know, transaction. For sure. And everything. buy local. You know, a lot of the local shops are kind of hurting on suppressor sales right now because everyone is in that same mentality about waiting for the HP. But I've got something to say about that. If, if you're one of those people that's on the sideline, you were thinking about buying a can or whatever the case is, and you're waiting for the HPA, well, just know this. 
if you were thinking about buying a suppressor from some of the smaller manufacturers out there, they may not be around by the time HPA comes to be. Guys are if hurting it does, right now. They, they really are. are. We've I mean, got guys, guys buy do, us do your do a little bit of research. Start putting back a little money, and on July seventh, it'll be here before you know it. On July seventh, you just watch your pretty little butt over there to the, your local <laughs> shop. And go on the little kiosk and do your little, little fingerprint thingy and give them a little bit of money. <laughs> and it'll money. all be over. It, it'll all be over for you before you know it. And guess what? That time is ticking and that can's going to be yours eventually. So and you I've, have to, I mean, it's better to just go on and start the process and just hurry up and wait. Yep. That's all and, you can do. And right now, wait times suck. I mean, we're going on like 11 to 12 months now. I mean, Don't got, let it discourage you. Yeah. I mean, on, on you know, forms coming back and everything. Yep. But after all these forms get processed for July, the wait times will start decreasing quite a bit. And I've heard from some inside sources that they might try to get the wait times down to about 90 days, which would be awesome. Eventually, you know, eventually, but that might be the case. So, but anyways, um, moving on. Be, be looking out on Facebook. Uh, I'm going to make a couple of Facebook posts reminding people about July 7th. And guys, this isn't anything official. I'm going to try to get some of my other buddies. Like maybe I can get Tim to share a post or something for me at Military Arms Channel. A few of the other guys, and maybe we can just make a big push for that day. Let's see, just to to national, show our support. You national know? Buy a Can Day. Buy a Can Day. All right, All right. so. That's what we're looking at there, and we hope that you guys will join us in, uh, in Buy a Can Day, all right? Mm -hmm. uh, the next thing we're going to discuss here, this is something that came off the NRA's uh, ILA website, and uh, there's been a couple of different variants of this basic concept kind of put through in the past, and it just really couldn't get the support that it needed to go anywhere, but we're talking about National Concealed Carry Retroprocity, and uh, this particular one was introduced in the House January 3rd, 2017, so mm -hmm. not terribly old, but... You know, we need to make this thing grow some legs and get somewhere with it. And the basic wording uh, of the bill itself is uh, it says the bill amends the federal criminal code to allow a qualified individual to carry a concealed handgun into or possess a concealed carry handgun in another state that allows individuals to carry concealed firearms. And of course, there's some qualifications and a few little bits of red tape. But the basic gist of the actual act makes a lot of sense and everything because, you know, you. Think about it. If you drive in a car somewhere, say I take a road trip out to California. Well, is my driver's license not good in California because I live in Georgia? Well, of course it's good. It's a driver's license. It's a state-issued driver's license. So what a bill like this really pushes to try to accomplish is it really wants to add just a little bit of common sense to the whole thing. It's like, look, if you can qualify and, uh, and, and allow, be allowed to have a carry permit in the state you live in, you pass the background check, you pay the fee, then dang it, that carry permit should be good anywhere where they issue a similar carry permit. Yeah. Now, the other caveat to that, or um, you know, other side of that coin, is the fact that uh, also you do have to obey uh, the state's laws that you're visiting. It doesn't mean that you get to just you know treat every other state like it's a state that you live in and oh well I can do this in my state so it means that I can do it in your state because I'm visiting that's not necessarily the case all it does is clarify the reciprocity as being a national national reciprocity of the carry permit you still have to obey that state's mm -hmm. laws when you're in their state you know house state house rules the, you know, the biggest thing. thing is it simplifies reciprocity across the board like prior to 2016 as a Georgia resident or Georgia residence, we could not legally concealed carry a firearm in South Carolina, one of our close southeast neighbors. And you think, that's crazy, why not? Well, it's because the states have different ways that they issue reciprocity right now, and you know, states, like basically state house, state rules. Um, 
So since Georgia didn't require any sort of training or classes or anything like that in order to obtain a carry permit, but South Carolina did, South Carolina wouldn't allow reciprocity with Georgia because of that fact. Georgia will allow reciprocity with any state that allows reciprocity with them. So sure. it's just like, hey, you give me this, I'll give you this. You know, but whatever, what yeah. this bill uh, hopes to do is to just make that whole yep. process Go away, a little basically. bit clearer and, and a little bit more well-defined. I mean, it's mm -hmm. quite simple. If you have a carry permit, then, then that carry permit is good anywhere but, that issues a similar yeah, carry Yeah, but like permit. you said, though, you have to abide by that state's laws. So there might be certain places in that state where you can't legally carry a concealed firearm, whereas maybe in your state you could. So you Look, have to be uh, mindful of that. If you go to the ILA website there on the NRA, there's a button down there where you can take action. Mm -hmm. And guys, it, Please it, do. it's more than just taking that, hitting the button and writing a letter. Call your representatives. Program their number in your phone and call them and politely let them know that you support these measures. Guys, they have to know that their constituents support these things. You know, the more and more they hear it and the more and more it goes through their head, the more and more they realize, wow, if I don't vote for this, then my constituents aren't going to vote me in another term, you know, well, and they know their job's at stake if they don't do what, what their constituents want. Yeah, like bills like this, they don't go anywhere unless people like you contact your reps, like Eric said, and voice your concern about it and voice your opinion about a particular topic right. at hand. Uh, bills go and they die in committee. And if you blow your uh, representative's phone up and you say, hey, I want you guys to support this. Don't literally you blow know, it up. Well, yeah. don't really literally blow it up, of course. But if you blow their phone up you know, with, with stuff like this and you say, hey, look, I want you to support this, then they have to pass that buck along and then it gets the word out of like, you yeah, know, maybe this is something that we need to look more at. And then it gets a little bit more attention. That's right. So, you know, and here's the thing. Like the NRA is a very old, old organization and they're, they mean well and everything like that. They're trying to get with the and, times. And, I would, and they are trying to get with the program a little bit and get with the mm -hmm. times. But here's the thing. You are the NRA, okay? You people are the NRA because the NRA is just, a, 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 it's just three letters without the people that make it up. And to say you're an NRA member or to say you support the NRA, or even besides the NRA, say you don't support the NRA at all, but you support uh, pro-gun legislation, it's still on you either way. No matter what your uh, particular alliances might be with whoever you decide, whether you're a, a, a whoever, all the other like, gun owners of America or whatever the heck the other groups There's are. There's plenty, plenty of other It doesn't matter who you're a part of. We all have the exact same uh, goals and the exact same challenges that we have to meet. Yep. It's still up to you uh, to to make it happen. So yeah, even if don't rely a, on the NRA to do it because it's it's on you. Yeah, even if you're not a member of the NRA or any other grassroots or pro gun organization, you know it's still almost your responsibility as a gun owner to contact your reps regarding these sort of things that are going on. But these organizations help get that information out there and let you know about what's going on. Plus, the NRA is the largest lobbying organization in the country as it pertains to firearms rights Absolutely. as a whole. And they do a lot of work in Washington to help you know, keep our rights and to, um, and to help preserve our rights for the future and maybe just gain a little bit of ground in the, uh, in the environment that we're working in right now with you know, a uh, gun-friendly president. So. We do. We have, we have a relatively gun-friendly uh, government right now, so we yep. need to do what we can to get these kind of things pushed through. So, on the offensive. Uh, so there's that. All right, and then one more order of business before yep. we let you guys uh, so, go. Yeah, this is one that just came out here in June. Uh, just the other day I saw a little thing on it, but this is a, a new bill would eliminate ATF's ability to ban ammo through reclassification. If you guys remember um, during the Obama years, uh, just recently, within the past couple of years, we had a uh, scare on an M855 
ammunition band, basically reclassifying M855, which is you know, 5.56 ammunition with a steel penetrator in it as armor-piercing ammunition uh, just to get it off of the streets, you know, and get it out of uh, shooters' hands, um, get it out of uh, competition or uh, three-gun competitors' hands, get it out of just anybody who wanted to go to the range and shoot because it was one of the most widely available types of ammunition out there just on the store shelves. You see the little Federal 150-round packs and stuff all over the place. You can yep. buy it in bulk online, and, um, and it's good ammo. And remember, know? they got their way with 545 by 39 because not enough people, you know, gave a crap about 545 ammo. Oh, well, what's that? Is that 556? Oh, well, no. Well, I don't care. Well, see, that's the wrong answer. A bill like this would prevent the ATF from being able to just mm -hmm. arbitrarily go, oh, well, you know, this seems like a good idea. All right, screw that, and it's gone, you know? Yep. So, uh, you know, chip preven away. Yeah, preventing them from reclassifying yep. certain types of ammo for really no reason other than just because it's a backdoor gun control measure. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest deals with uh, an organization like them being able to just really arbitrarily do what they want for any reason without any real logic or thought behind it other than, oh, well, this is just a way we can have our way uh, that allows us to just strike the pin and there we go. Well, we can't, we can't take their guns, but we can take away their food, baby. Yep. All so, right. that, so that is that is a great idea. I mm -hmm. hope that that goes through because, you know, we have to have checks and balances. We have to have limitations on mm -hmm. what these people can do uh, to chip away and erode your rights because it's, it's highly unfair for just a few people to get to make a decision that affects so many people. And that's why, uh, and mm -hmm. the example of the 5.56 ban or the, uh, the, the green tip ban uh, is a prime example of why we have to get together and fight it at every turn. You know, we were able to fight it and then we got it dealt with. But 5.45, not so much. You know, now they won't allow the importation of 7 and 6 ammunition, which at the point was one of the most commonly available 5.45 surplus avenues out there for people to be able to shoot their AK-74s. And the, the real piss poor thing about it is the ammunition that is here can't be sold. You can't sell it. You can't just go online and buy the ammunition that's already here. Yep. It's just... They, they uh, tack down the importers, which we know one personally, I don't want to mention who they are, that has several pallets, pallets of it, but they can't sell it. They can keep it and they can use it and they can consume it and shoot it yep. up. They just can't retail it. Yep. And it's, it's, it's really a sad state of affairs that that ammo is just going around wasting yep. and we can't import it anymore, which is bogus. It is. So just to give you just a little bit of technical on this, this is from the uh, sure. Washington Free Beacon. Just pull this off the internet here. But the Lawful Purpose and Self-Defense Act is what this bill is called. Uh, would remove the ATF's discretion in classifying certain, certain ammunition as armor-piercing. Instead of relying on the ATF or Attorney General's judgment on what armor-piercing rounds should be given a sporting purpose exemption, the bill would rely on the manufacturer's design and intent, which is the way it should be. Um, right. Representative Bishop, uh, who has introduced this bill, said his intention is to prevent gray areas in the law from being used to push gun control, which is, which exactly is what, what happened about. with seven and six. So exactly, you know, it's 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 smart to have an avenue to prevent these things from happening mm -hmm. in the future. So that's what these uh, this particular bill is aimed at doing. So guys, right here in this video, we've got three excellent pieces of legislation that need your support. I mean, guys, call your reps. Make sure that they know that you know what's going on, yep. that your ears to the ground. And we preach this over and over and over again, but we have to constantly do what we can to be active in our community. You know, we can't sit on our hands and wait for this stuff to happen. When you look at, you know, HPA, you look at the uh, Concealed Carry Reciprocity Act, you look at the ammo ban reclassification, you know, guys, they're not just going to hand them to you. They're not going to just give it back. You have to fight for it. You have to make sure they know that you want this back, you know. And, and these are things that 
we've had before in some way, shape, or form, you know. Maybe not the HPA so much, um, but when it comes to just our society and the way that we look at gun laws and the way we look at gun ownership, we are seeing kind of a renaissance of uh, the old ways when it comes to firearms ownership. You know, a lot of people get confused about, uh, you know, what we mean about that particular thing. I mean, you know, back in the day, things were a lot different. We're trying to get back to that, to the good old days of firearms ownership, where it's just a socially accepted thing that a lot of people just understand as a part of American society. And it is. It's a very big part of American society. We've said it before, and, you know, firearms over the course of the past 30, 40 years have kind of become ostracized and and a little bit taboo, you know, with the media and Hollywood pushing for anti-gun measures and such as that and just trying to change the public image of firearms. I mean, every time you see some anti-gun ad, it's always something about the children or guns are bad or the murder rate or whatever the case is. But, you know, we know it's not the tool. It's the person who's wielding the tool, whether it be a gun, a knife or anything like that. It's been preached time and time again. But right now, guys, we've said it before, but we are in a time and place where we are on the offensive as far as pro-gun legislation goes. And we have a really good chance of getting some of this pro-gun stuff through that would make a big difference. And if people are complacent and sit on their hands, then nothing's ever going to happen. And then we're going to try to play catch-up while the antis just keep on mowing down the line and just keep pushing harder and harder and harder, as they always do. Yeah, we have to get away from that three steps forward, two steps backward uh, type mentality. I mean, guys, we we have to move forward together and do all of this stuff uh, in the best way that we can. And look, you know, support the NRA. Go over to the ILA section of their website. You know, read these bills in their entirety. Call your reps. You know, the take action button. Go down there and hit the take action button and take the time to contact all of your reps. And don't just send the email. Send them a fax. Call them. Email them. Do everything you possibly can to let them know uh, to voice your support for these measures. These are pro-gun measures. It's not, you know, right now we're not fighting against anti-gun bills. We are supporting pro-gun bills. So that's something we should totally try to do at every uh, step and turn that we possibly can. So, uh, you know, hopefully this uh, video was thought-provoking. Maybe y'all didn't know some of this stuff was going on. But we like to make these videos from time to time just to make sure you guys know kind of what's going on. And we we have to kind of keep our ears to the ground. And that is the nature of this video is trying to make sure our ears are indeed to the ground. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you for watching today's video. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, We have a lot more videos on the way, uh, more, more gun gripes, more firearms facts, gun reviews, reloading, gunsmithing, and we've got a new series coming up that we hope you're going to like. Uh, it's going to take us a minute to get a few of them together, so it Just might take us a little time to get a few uh, episodes together. Yeah, a minute Just or a minute. two. But we hope that uh, you enjoyed today's video. Stay tuned. Much more on the way. Mm-hmm. We'll catch you next time. Guys, the information is going to be in the description box below, so if you didn't catch it down there already, it's there. So all these links are there. So see you. Take care. Have a good one. Yep.